What's up and welcome to episode three of the Grindline podcast. This is Tyler here alongside Greg and Ryan. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm drinking an old-fashioned, so right now I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing good. I'm just, uh, you know, recovering from, uh, or actually recovering in order to get ready for tomorrow. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Fourth of July tomorrow. America. It's a beautiful thing. Um, So we had some things happen over the weekend development camp which greg was um he was down there at the uh, belfort bell what is it belfort training center the belfort training center um you know so greg's gonna start us off with that yeah so i was at the scrimmage game on saturday at the belfort so uh you might have seen some pictures of me on the internet i was in a corner and i think the red wings put out a picture right before the third period and, and i was spied in the corner of the picture there um, I also got some pretty sweet <laughs> shots. I got Dennis Chalowski to look at me uh, for a picture, which is pretty cool. And yeah, it, w- it was a good time down there. That place is freezing. There is no heat. And it is literally like I wore shorts because it was 100 degrees outside. We get down there and it's like 40 in that building. So uh, to, to kind of quickly recap on it. Greg, it's a hockey rink. Of course. Yeah, I know. It was still freezing cold. That's why you can't have hockey in summer, because you got to wear shorts outside, but you come inside and freeze your ass off. I was down there. Uh, I saw Philip Zadina and Michael Rasmussen play. Of course, they are both NHL ready, uh, flying down the ice. Rasmussen is head and shoulders above everyone but Malte Setkoff, who also looked phenomenal. He just needs to put on some weight. But they're about the same height. And you can tell because everyone else looks like they are three feet shorter than them. Zadina had the uh, had a shootout goal that was just beautiful. You can find that clip online. He had the overtime game-winning goal on assist from Rasmussen 16 seconds into overtime, which was also beautiful. People, we knew they were going to stand out. But like I said, Malte Setkoff looks really good. Uh, he made some awesome passes. He was the third person in that overtime period. Uh, who's he passed to Rasmussen, Rasmussen passed to Zadina, and Zadina scored. Uh, the other person that looked really impressive from both a play standpoint and a personality standpoint was Giovanni Smith. He played with uh, on that line with Zadina and Rasmussen as the third forward, and he, I mean, great passes, super physical. The dude's huge. He knocked a couple people on their asses, and he's just funny. He's got a personality. At one point, he was uh, going and he slid back to the bench. <laughs> he's a funny guy. And he did the lay down like Burt Reynolds pose for the team picture at the end. <laughs> you need players like that. Yeah. And, and people say, well, do you think he could make the team as a fourth liner? And I said, the way he's looking and the way he played in Kitchener at the end of last season, I think he could make the team as a third line center. So he'll play in Grand Rapids. Uh, Holland said he'll play in Grand Rapids. His goal is to still make the Red Wings but he'll most likely call the, uh, start the season in Grand Rapids and get called up during the season. Other than that, our seventh-round draft pick, uh, Otto Kevin Maki, the kid is insane. He is listed – in camp, he was listed at 157 pounds, which I think that was a little generous. He probably was about 140, and he's like five foot nine, five foot ten, so he's short, but he flies. He's got hands for days. He scored a goal – he was deking people out. He can just get bumped off the puck a little easy. So I think if he pans out, he gains a little weight. I think he'll be a steal for a seventh round pick. Absolutely. 
Even Draper, they were talking about him. Uh, I forget which intermission it was because I was watching the stream of it. They were impressed by the skill that he was showing, and they also were joking about his weight because none of them actually knew how much he weighed. They they had like a 20-pound fluctuation between what they were talking about, and they were just joking about it. But he looked really good. And I liked uh, – one guy I'm surprised you didn't mention was Bergeron. I was about to. Oh, that late first-round pick. Oof, I'm, that's what I'm considering anyways. Yeah, Bergeron – Bergen was great, and uh, so, I mean, Joe Valeno could also step onto the Red Wings tomorrow and play. He was the by far the smartest player that I saw out there. Amazing passer. He had, he had in the, the final minutes a backwards between-the-legs pass to get the puck to the front of the net, <laughs> and it's just filthy. Uh, but I think Joe Valeno could step right into a lineup, too. Uh, David Pope was excellent. He can shoot the puck. He had a goal, too. I think he'll spend a year in Grand Rapids, and if again, if injuries or trades come up, he'll he'll come up to the club too. So I came out of that game super hopeful because it looked really good. What I the talent I saw on the ice looked excellent. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I'm glad I got to watch most of it uh, via the stream. Everyone you named. I mean, after seeing some of the tweets tonight about people bitching about the Holland rebuild, it's not all gloom and doom. Based off how that looked, and I think uh, Krupa put it, made the comment about how things looked, and it's much different from years past at the development camp. I feel really good about that. I think everyone else should feel really good about that. Granted, it's going to yep. be huge about what Holland does over these next couple of years for how much they have fallen off in regards to bad contracts. But a lot of these guys could be making an impact in Grand Rapids and likely Detroit here probably three four years max and that's got me pretty excited and some obviously much sooner yeah the kids themselves even said it feels like it feels much different and that they feel like they they can make the team like there's a chance that all the spots are open and they just have to push for them which is good and i think that has a lot to do uh honestly with draper and with sean horkoff who push for development, who push for the kids to come on, who push for new technology. And I think Holland needs to sit back and say, hey, maybe they're right, and maybe we need to start listening to them. But I think that's our good, quick uh, dev camp uh, recap. If you guys have any questions, you can give them to us on Twitter. I'll answer them. I'm the, run- I'm the one generally running the Grindlines Twitter account most of the time. So if you want to send your development camp questions, specific prospects, uh, I can give you the lowdown on that. But I will let Tyler start the next subject, which we are going to recap uh, what the Red Wings did in free agency. As you know, we got Thomas Vanek, Mike Green, and Bernier as a backup goalie. So, Tyler, go ahead. Yeah, so, I mean, ultimately, at first I was kind of pissed. But then I started to digest it a little bit more. And it, it makes more sense the more that I think about it. Because... You know, if you start just throwing kids into situations that they're not comfortable in, number one, you're going to ruin them. And number two, you know, you're going to have to send them back down. And it's just not good. When you have a player on the team and they're not ready to send them back down, that kills their confidence. So, you know, a stopgap like Thomas Vanek, a one-year deal um, at, what was it, four, three, four million? Three. Three. Exactly. Yeah, three million. Okay, so that's a steal. Um, you might end up if if he does waive his no trade clause, you might be able to move him at the deadline. If now he's been moved at what three straight deadlines, so it's going to be tough to convince him to leave. He's probably just coming and 
and, you know, hoping he can help the kids grow. Um, Mike Green, I mean, I like the deal. I, I kind of, 5.375 is kind of a lot, but I mean, it's only two years. And he also apparently has a no trade clause as well. But I mean, if we're not going anywhere at the deadline, I'm, I can't imagine that he would say no to a trade to a contender. So, yeah, um, I don't think that happens this year, though, for him. Let's focus on that real quick for a minute, though. A no trade clause does not mean you can't be traded. Yes. There's a big difference between a no trade clause and a no move clause. Right. A no trade clause just means you have control over whether you get traded or not. If you're on a shit team, wouldn't you want to be traded? If you're on a shit team and say Tampa's in the final next year and Tampa says, we want you on our team, we're sure we can win a Stanley Cup, wouldn't you waive your no trade to go to Tampa? He I'm did. sure there's five or six teams that he would waive his no trade clause to go to. Now, exactly. He did it this this past season already, too. That's the other thing. I mean, he's done it once, however, but he still decided to come back knowing the situation that they're in. But I think the difference is, and I know we're probably going to touch on it, look what's coming. Look exactly. what's falling, look what's falling yeah. off. Yeah. We can get green. Green turns into our – He's not. he doesn't have the destroyed knees. He, at the end of this two-year deal – could be our the next Cronwall and being the the journeyman guy that falls on the five six spot while these other young guys come in. So, yeah, you can't just like I said before, you can't just throw eighteen and nineteen year old defensemen out there. And yeah, you're going to see some brilliance, but you're also going to see a lot of inexperience and a lot of turnovers and a lot of stupid penalties and a lot of everything, all of that. So, like you, this idea that you can throw, um, I don't know. <laughs> six of the forwards are, are going to be young guys. And then, you know, four of the defensemen are going to be young guys. It's just unrealistic and it's asinine to think that way. And, you know, ultimately I thought, first of all, you know, that, that they did a pretty good job in this free agency of not going way too far over. Like I thought if they would have brought in Valtteri Filippola again, I would have been pretty pissed because then now you're starting to, to maybe take a spot away from a guy like Rasmussen. But now on the other hand, on the other hand, a lot of people don't like to realize this, but I mean, you, you if these kids are going to make the team, they're going to make the team, whether these guys are there or not, they're going to push for those spots. You can't just give these players spots on teams that doesn't work. And, and, and you know what, that, that doesn't make them work for anything. I mean, you guys agree with that. You can't just give Larkin is a prime example. That roster was pretty much full and Larkin pushed his way onto that roster, left the university of Michigan and made the team right away. That's the type of thing it's going to take. Maybe not as hard now, because, you know, the team's not as established, but it's going to be, you know, it'll be much easier, but you still have to push. You still have to impress, and probably they're going to have to make some roster changes as well. And people still don't realize that there's still trades that could be a possibility too, regardless of what Ansar Khan says. <laughs> yeah, I th and that's that's the whole thing. I don't think any player – has been given a position just because he's younger than someone else. Mm. You don't look at these teams and say, oh, hey, look, you're going to come on because you're younger, and goodbye, Yager. You, you know how long Yager had a freaking job for, and no kid, just because he was younger, got put on, on a team that Yager was on just because he was younger? No, Yager was better than all those kids. Yep. The same thing with the Sedins. They could have said, goodbye, Sedins. We're going to put all these younger kids on. But no, 
they're they're better than the kids you're trying to put on because the kids you're trying to put on haven't developed enough yet. And like these Facebook keyboard warriors oh with their, God. oh my God, we got, oh, what is Holland doing? Getting veterans. The We need to play all the kids because we're going to suck anyways. Well, the thing is, is you have to play the kids with the veterans suck anyways, but those veterans help those kids develop. Mm-hmm. Kids can't help other kids develop because they don't know what they're doing. Nope. Anthony's no. best season was, or partial season was with freaking Thomas Vanek, so. Exactly. Yeah. So I, the Vanek thing I think is interesting. Thomas Vanek, yeah, we signed him for more money than we signed him for before because he put up numbers that we didn't think he was going to put up. He had such a shitty time playing in Minnesota, and uh-huh. we brought him in here, and he he got his game back. He made yep. himself worth more. So we signed him again. Exactly. So we signed him again for more. And I'm going to have to talk about it because this this might be the only way this is going to get through some people's heads as to why we signed it. Henrik Zetterberg may not be back next year. Henrik Zetterberg, there's a, and there wouldn't be people reporting it if there wasn't a high possibility that he has played his last hockey game for the Detroit Red Wings. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Yeah. So, so if (laughs) Z is gone, Vanek can step in and put up the same, if not higher point production than Zetterberg put up, keep him in. He's younger than Zetterberg. Keep him in that role as, you know, the lead veteran on the team to help the kids. Just like you said, with Cronwall dropping off next season, keep Mike Green on to help the kids because you're getting rid of Cronwall. You've got maybe two defensemen that are ready to play right now in Hicketts and Heronic. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, if they keep to their word of not taking anyone's shit, the second Erickson fucks up, you sorry, you're going to the seventh D spot, and we're bringing up Haronic. Or we're bring, Haronic can make the team right now. Erickson, you you're going, you're going to the seventh D spot, and we're bringing up Joe Hicketts. Like it's not that hard. We might have one more year where okay, maybe Hicketts is in the minors for one more year, or Haronic gets a full year in Grand Rapids. But it's not like it's not like, oh, well, Mike Green's here for two years, so for two more years, no one's coming up. That's not how this works. And there's injuries, don't... too. There's a lot of things that go into it. People don't realize this. Like you said, Facebook keyboard warriors, I believe that's how you phrased it. I, like, people, there's this notion on the Red Wing organization, like, that, that we overgroom our prospects. We don't have, we can't do that anymore. That might have been true like 10 years ago. Yeah, but people continuously bring that up. People continuously bring that up. It's like the Tigers' bullpen, right? Dombrowski wasn't able to build a bullpen with the Tigers, so that follows him with the Red Sox. The decent bullpen with the Red Sox. It's the same thing. It's just like a notion that people don't, like, let go of. (laughs) You know the name I got? So stupid. The name I got, I asked who 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 did Ken Holland leave to overripen in in the AHL? You know the name I got, Thomas, Thomas Kopetsky. Kopetsky, what? Thomas Kopetsky was the last person they could tell me that Holland left in Grand Rapids. Where's he now, at now? Uh, in he's overseas probably over somewhere. Overseas. Yeah, yeah, he well, he couldn't. Well. Yeah, so Thomas Kopetsky, I could say, okay, maybe he was left in Grand Rapids a little long because I think he was in Grand Rapids for five seasons. But he was a second-round draft pick. They're like, Kopetsky, they, they left him in Grand Rapids. I'm like, like 10 years ago? Like, when when did they do that? Like, they I'll tell you what. 
I'll tell you what, the two guys that I can think of that came up and they're just not the guys that we thought they were in the American Hockey League, Martin Furk, I mean, he, he has a great job, but he doesn't have much more than that. And yeah, and Paul he moved to Detroit. And was another guy who, who had a great job, but, I mean, that was it as well. And he was tiny on top of it all. So, like, it's it's not like we have these great prospects in Grand Rapids. Some people overhype these players, and then they get to the National Hockey League, and, you know, you're expecting these great things from players that just aren't that great. Like, Robbie yeah. Russo was another prime example of that. Everyone yeah. hyped him up, hyped him up, and then he finally got a chance. And I went to his first game. He was like a minus five in that game against Boston. They lost, like, seven to one. Yeah. It, like, yeah, I just, I just don't understand it. I was gonna say, let's let's talk about happy things, not not losing to yeah. Boston. Here's here's our happy here's our happy thing. We signed backup goaltender Jonathan Bernier, and for those of you that don't think that's a good thing, you can suck it because Bernier maybe had one bad year, and he on a bad he, Toronto team. On a bad Toronto team, the dude was like twenty one and seven, like. Don't complain about having Bernier as a backup. You've got Jimmy for one more year. Bernier can become a starter, and then you bring one of the kids up. We don't have any prospects. They're like, play one of the prospects. Yeah, and have him no. get lit up every freaking night. Look how that went yeah, like, that's pointless. Like, yeah, so Philip Larson looks excellent. And at, at the when I watched the uh, development camp game, Joran Van Pottelberg looked great, and so did Caden Fulcher. But – None of them are ready to step up, even in a backup role. They need at least two years in Grand Rapids. And how long did we sign Bernier for? Three years. And so, I was talking about Petrozuli too. He's not ready yet, and he's got no, great, great upside still. We have good goalies in the pipeline. They are not anywhere near ready. And Bernier would have been probably my second pickup behind Carter Hutton. Yep. And and the, for the people that were saying bring back Mrazek, like, no, no please, no. Oh my God, I'm surprised if, he got a contract. To be quite honest with you, if yeah. he would have went to Philly and actually, you know, not sucked his own asshole, I think it would have been on that bandwagon <laughs> all the way to bring him back. But he did the exact same thing he did with us. I hate it because he showed so much. There's so many different flashes of brilliance while he was at Detroit, but then he'd go right back into his old habits of inconsistency. And yeah. Why would you want that for a team that struggles enough on defense? You need your goalie to stand on his freaking head. Jimmy has done that his whole career. When he's been hurt, yeah, it's been obvious that he's been. It's, that's when he sucks. But of course, yeah. he's hurt. But yeah. bringing in Bernie on that three-year deal, Jimmy's on the tail end of his. They're going to do like what we've talked about in past pods—a one A, one B, probably more or less. Yeah. With Bernie being, he's what twenty-nine, right? He's uh, 29. Yeah. And Jimmy's 35, correct? 34. Either way. Yeah, 29 and a 34 year old. By the way, Jimmy wow. looks really good, huh? Have you oh see, seen God. that picture? He's got dad bod. Does, does he have a uh, sponsorship with Dunkin' Donuts? I, <laughs> no, it's Timmy's. <laughs> it's a Tim, I thought, I, no, Dunkin's the, uh, the USA sponsor now. No, if you go into Timmy's uh, wearing a Howard jersey, you get a double double and some Timbits. Jesus, oh, I, I, I was surprised. <laughs> Does he always look like that? I didn't think he did. Uh, no, uh, no. I he's got, thought he was a dapper-looking fellow. He's got dad bod now. Yeah. I can't blame him. Right yeah, here. well, just wait. I'll tell you oh, what. No. I think I think that'll all be gone by training camp because he's a competitor. No, oh, yeah. Yeah. 
I, I like the goalie situation but, they've got this year. I like what too. Bernie can bring. What Bernie's comments already about how he wants to come in and get this team back in the playoffs is what you want to see, especially from a goaltender. He knows what's in front of him. I don't think we're as bad as what the Leafs were a couple of years ago in regards to the defensive core. Yeah. But there's the competitive edge is already seemingly different this offseason with the moves they made, the draft they just had. And how things are looking coming into, into the the new season, I feel way more comfortable. Even though I think they're still not going to be that great, it's yeah. a more positive feeling, I guess you could say. Yeah, they'll be a much more fun team to watch. I don't think they're going to be this worst team like everybody thinks. Like I was listening to uh, NHL Network Radio, and I don't remember who the guys were, but I, Steve Coolius was one of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, they did they do like um, thirty team, thirty one teams, and thirty one days or whatever and the red wings were one of the teams and uh they were just piling on on how like they think you know detroit's going to be even worse this year and how jack hughes is going to be their guy and how they don't have any prospects outside of Phil sedina it's like if you're going to cover that on like a a national like stage and you know people actually pay for sirius xm radio like, wouldn't you think you'd have something to back it up? Like, have someone that's a writer for the athletic on or something? Like, because th- any Red Wings cover, someone that covers the Red Wings, any Red Wings writer, anything would come on and say, Stop, stop right there. What about Philip Heronic? What about um, Michael Rasmussen? What about Dennis Chalowski? What about all these guys? I mean, sorry, any of them. Sorry, RV, any of those guys, JVP, uh, like, I mean, obviously their names. Now we'll see what happens when they get to the higher levels, you know, the NHL and the AHL and all that. But it's just asinine. And I've seen articles how the Red Wings are in for a dark age and everything. It's like, pump the brakes. I mean, the Colorado Avalanche looked like they were an absolute dumpster fire. And, you know, they made the playoffs last year. So, I mean, who who knows what's going to happen? Colorado yeah. made one trade and they completely re-changed re- their entire freaking everything for that team yep absolutely detroit now uh, granted detroit is not one trade away they don't have a nathan mckinnon or or freaking uh Brandis Cog. they don't have that per se but in comparison to years past and all of those years of not having a high first round pick and lucking out on things it's it's i feel way better all right yeah. so i think we have sufficiently recapped free agency basically everyone who has a negative outlook on this shut up just listen, listen to what we just said and be happy. So we'll move on. And, and I said we do this and we're probably going to do this pretty frequently um, since we've switched over to Grindline is we're asking you guys for questions you have. And I think uh, we got a few of them on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at GrindlinePod. Uh, but the first one I want to start off with is we were asked to respond to some blatant lies that Pat Caputo told on 97.1, he went on a little bit of a rant about our free agent period. And uh, I'm gonna pl- we're going to play you the clip right here, and then we're going to kind of give you some feedback on it. Well, the Red Wings, uh, I thought there was a lot of progress being made. I was, you know, watching the developmental camp this week, all those different things. They have a lot of young prospects. And then when free agent signing period opens, the first thing they do is Ken Holland fall back into his old ways signing Mike Green to a contract that is is really a bad contract. It's a bad value contract. Uh, Mike Green is now being paid among the top 40 defensemen in the NHL. That means he's being paid like a top-pairing defenseman. At this stage of his career, 
He's somebody that should play in the uh, fifth or sixth spot, uh, even strength, and uh, be a power play specialist. Uh, they have among the top 64 paid defensemen in the league now Jonathan Erickson, Nicholas Cromwell, and Danny DeKaiser, and those guys are all fifth or sixth defensemen on really good teams if you're truthful about it. And on top of it, they, they throw a little bit of a cherry on the top by signing Thomas Vanek at 34 to a contract that's even more than what they signed him uh, from before. Uh, this is classic Ken Holland, the things that he did in the past that got him into this problem. They've been making so much progress on their rebuild, doing the right thing, and then falling into this trap. It boxes them in on salary cap if they want to trade Athens CU or Nyquist. Um, it's just nonsensical when it comes down to these are players that are 33 and 34 years old, one of them getting a multi-year contract. Uh, it, it's just uh, something I, I really uh, am having trouble uh, understanding in any way, shape, or form other than they just can't get out of this mode of, wow, if we get into the A spot, maybe we can play Tampa Bay and get a couple home dates. And, well, we'll lose, but, you know, at least we made the playoffs. Uh, you know, if you make the playoffs as part of your rebuild, hey, man, more power to you. But if you're doing it and, and doing things like this that are going to preclude you from doing it, uh, it doesn't make any sense. Well, it doesn't make any sense. It's a bad thing, a real bad thing. And, and I hope the Red Wings just get out of this mode as fast as they can. And I find this to be profoundly disappointing. All right. So I think I'll start with that because he told a few blatant lies there. Uh, the first lie that he told was that we are boxed in on salary cap if we want to trade someone like Athanasi or Nyquist. So one, when you trade someone, generally their cap comes off. So if we trade Nyquist for a couple picks, how is that affecting our salary cap? It even doesn't. If we take, even if we take a player back, we've got about $13 million in cap right now. Even if we, he retains salary, it wouldn't do anything. Exactly. And if you're trading, say you trade Nyquist and Athanasiu to get a top defenseman. Say you traded Nyquist and Athanasiu to get Falk. Okay, you're basically evening out salary there. So the, you're we're not in any way boxed in on salary cap. Um, the other thing that I wanted to bring up that I wanted to get your guys' thing on, your guys' opinion, is he says Holland is back to his old ways. And, and the way I look at Holland's old ways is signing aging veterans to very long contracts for very high amounts of money. Yeah, I don't see that. I don't see that there. I think I see two short, three short-term contracts um, with the maximum being of a three-year contract by Jonathan Bernier. Um, by the way, we needed a backup goaltender and hopefully someone that could, you know, kind of guide him into the future. So I don't really see a problem with any of those three contracts. So my thing is to your point, Greg, earlier about trading double A or Nyquist and, or both. The biggest thing with 8A is we need to lock him up before he goes to arbitration. First of all, because that's going to be our deck of cards. Um, what we can do this possible, what not we, but they can do this coming into the season because it's they're at a minor log jam if they want guys like Rasmussen and Zadina. But at the same time, those are their best probably chips to play with in regards to moving forward, clearing cap. Because Nyquist falls off this year anyways. If they would re-sign him to a similar deal, I wouldn't be upset about it. But 
I don't long term, it's hard to see where he's going to fit because of the style of play we have coming up through Grand Rapids right now that are knocking on the door. Yeah. The, the Mike Green deal, I would have been a lot more pissed about it, but everyone that we're so excited about seeing in the NHL hasn't played an NHL game yet. Exactly. We got Philip Ronick and Dennis Stralowski, Vili Sarvi, all who looked fantastic in Grand Rapids, haven't stepped ice on a regular season game at Little Caesars Arena yet. Hicketts is the only one. Hicketts yep. is the only one. Everyone loved him, and that's fantastic. But the other thing to look at, too, Green gives you two years of stability and a mentorship. And I know he says that he should, what was the quote, uh, roughly, He's a 5-6 spot at this point in his career. On this team, he's a 1-2. We don't have a true superstar on this defensive core that's going to step in. Cronwall's passed. His knees are dead. Erickson's a Detroit road cone. It's, <laughs> there's nothing there that provides what they need to really take the step. He led the team last year in points. No one else was really close. Cronwall is the last next two years. Last two years in points. Exactly. For a defenseman. What has everyone else done? Teens, point-wise? I don't have it pulled up in yeah. front of me. It's yeah, not we, good. yeah we don't get much offense from, from our uh, back end at no. all. And, uh, you can't expect a guy like Aronik, who, who was a point-producing and offensive-driving player in Grand Rapids, to immediately do that in Detroit. Even yeah. Hicketts, who had a great offensive output. I mean, he had, what, a plus four by uh, many in Detroit News, or not Detroit News, but the media, per se, would think, oh, he had a plus minus hot of a positive. That's fantastic. But he was only in five games. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Erickson's plus minus was near zero, so he had a great season too, right? Yeah. But oh, God. They need, they need production from the back end. Green does that. Outside yeah. of that, they don't have anything proven. That's why I like where they're at. Because after this season, Cronwall retired. Nick Jensen's the last year. There's two spots immediately that yep. you have an opportunity to open up. And then they have two more guys going into the next year that are about to fall off on their contract. So it drives me freaking insane that he brings up going back to the old ways, but he's just buying time, no pun intended, to allow contracts to fall off to bring these guys in that everyone's bitching about. They <laughs> have a fuck ton of cap space next year yes. you know the granted depending on what happens here um you know with with the manfield deal and the larkin deal that are both looming um the see you one possibly as well um but they have a fuck ton of cap space next summer and apparently according to um um i'm sorry why am i forgetting the name uh, Craig Custance of the Athletic, they're making a big run, hopefully at Eric Carlson, or they're they're looking to make a big run at Eric Carlson next summer. So I mean, it's a good move, and and you know it can get the rebuild, you know, like sort of accelerated if if they're able to bring him in because they haven't had a number one defenseman since Nick Cronwall stopped, you know, his knees start gave out, and uh, you know I mean we really haven't had a number one since Lidstrom, but I mean yeah, so. No, and I guarantee you uh, there will be a number of other teams that would have given Mike Green that same deal. The only reason he took it was because he wanted to stay here. So uh, other teams would have been happy to pay Mike Green $5.3 million. Let me toss one other thing out there that I see with uh, a lot of Red Wings fans on Facebook and all that other stuff. 
like if you post like we should get Justin Falk, we should get Noah Hannafin, we should get Dougie Hamilton, we should get one of those players. Anyone everyone, who everyone says no. Everyone says no. Why? Why no? They're better than everybody we have. Everybody yep. we have. Not only are they better than everybody they that we have, they're also young and they're a piece that you could actually keep moving forward. Um, you know, so if you were to get a Carlson, oh, why would he want to come here? Uh, because, I mean, what, do you think we're going to suck forever? Everyone thought that about the Leafs. Look at them. They got John Tavares now. Yeah. And I no, think sorry, the last – First pick. Yeah. The last thing I want to point out that, that he said, which totally contradicts himself, is he says that Holland is in a make-the-playoffs mindset. Which no, he's not. Uh, he said on an interview on 971's morning show that they don't plan to make the playoffs. They just want to stay competitive. They want to have a chance to go in and win a game because if you don't, then that ruins the development of the kids if they go in expecting to lose every night. They're not in a make-the-playoffs mindset. They know they're not going to make the playoffs. He said it himself on the morning show. Pat Caputo should listen to his own freaking radio station because yeah, yeah. then he'd know Jackass. what's going on. It, so that, that bothers me the most, I think, because it's been obvious since even last year. Holland wants to be competitive, but I think he's finally, and I think we can all praise this, that he has said that, that playoffs are likely out of the question. He's not expecting it. It's not the expectation from him and the management. But nope. want to keep you keep guys like Green on and Vanek on because hey, guess what? They're awesome offensive driving players. And what's that help you do? Score goals. Who's that support? Younger players like Anthony CU was with when he played with Vanek a couple years ago. So they're, they're, if you get a guy like Rasmussen brand new to the lineup, Zadina brand new to the lineup, Heronic brand new to the lineup, playing with these types of players, they see how that works. Yeah, and that's how you get better. Yeah. So we got another question from at Red Wings Vines. They want to know what do we think is the best case scenario for the Wings going into the season and where do we realistically see them finishing? So I think the best case scenario is you get three kids on a team. You get Rasmussen on the team. You get uh, Zadina on the team. You get Heronic on the team. Uh, I still see them finishing in the bottom five, but I see that development start of the kids, a leadership role start. I see maybe Z retiring and Larkin getting the C or them going for a year without a C. But I I see the, I think the best case scenario is three kids make the team. I think that's all that needs to make the team at this point. And that they've probably still finished in the bottom five, which is fine because you get closer to another lottery pick. Yep. And yeah, so I mean, th- that would be my best case scenario as well. And then, you know, them finishing, you know, bottom five five in the NHL gives them a chance at the lottery gives them the chance at Jack Hughes who is a generational talent again I mean you start to see the light at the end of the tunnel once you start to get a player like that I think we've seen it now I think we're sort of in a situation like Toronto was a few years ago right we're starting to tear it down but we haven't torn it all the way down so like you know, Zadina is our Nylander or Zadina is our Marner. Now we're just looking for our Matthews, um, yep. whether that be Jack Hughes or whether that be somebody, you know, a few years down the line, or if that, you know, emerges and Dylan Larkin is that guy, who knows? Um, but the best case scenario, yeah, three kids on the team. Um, hopefully Bernier plays well when he does play. Um, hopefully, you know, you can keep a lot of the guys healthy. If not, you know, hopefully, you could say goodbye to Z. Hopefully, you could say goodbye to Erickson at some point. So, <laughs> we've all been wishing that since 2009. So, 
even before that. Yeah. No, I, I agree with your your pick for your top three there, Greg. Um, the biggest thing about Rasmussen and Zadina making it is there has to probably likely movement of at least one forward only because a lot of that's going to be dependent on Mantha, Larkin, and Anthony CU deals. If they go bridge, they go full-time. Uh, but I think those three can make the, the most initial impact and really push more offense for this team that struggled to score goals. So yep. that'd be yeah. my hope. And we'll just have to see. Honest, I don't know if they're going to be bottom five. Those three come in and make the impact that we would expect. I can see them a bubble pushing at the bubble, but not making it, not making that step to really get to that point. I think the other thing that, that we forgot about too, is we want to see Lark and Mantha possibly Athenasiu take further steps in their development as well. Uh, and you can lump Pertuzzi in there as well. The nice thing is to go off that is they also expect more of themselves in particular. I think Mantha was the hardest on himself. Oh yeah. That's why he wants a bridge deal. Yep. He so I've I'm excited to see what he brings this year because he was pissed at himself and he knows what he can bring and the or, and it's what the organization was expecting. So it, he's my be on the lookout this year. Yeah. Do you guys see Luke Witkowski making the opening night roster? No. Nope. I don't see Martin Furk making the roster either. I think he starts in Grand Rapids. Good. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the last question we're going to answer before we wrap up, uh, which should be pretty soon here, is from Warm Chord Music on Twitter. Says interesting answer by Holland when asked about moving Nyquist. He told 97.1, Gus is in the last year of his contract. Let's get to camp and see where we are. Do you take? Uh, how do you take this? To me, it says he's the, that he's the guy he's planning to move at the beginning of the year if Zadina looks ready. So the way I respond to this, and I'll just do it quickly, is I don't think he needs to move anyone to put Zadina in the lineup. He can sit a player, but I do think he tries to trade Nyquist, and I do think he tries to trade Athanasiu. Um, and one of our garbage defensemen like Jensen to maybe get a better defenseman. I think that's a good idea. I mean, I think that's that's the best case scenario. Um, but uh, trading Nyquist, I mean, it's like, yeah, you're going to trade Nyquist, but you're not going to get a lot for him. I guess it's more to free up a roster spot and maybe get like, you know, a lower pick unless you're packaging Athenasiu with Nyquist in that case you might be able to get your Justin Falk or your um, Dougie Hamilton or you know someone like that. Ryan we'll get your thoughts and then we'll wrap this up. Uh, I can't we've already touched on it but I think it's more I don't think it's necessarily a for sure thing that he's getting traded but I think it's more of a challenge to Gus to step his shit up especially in the absence of Tatar so I don't think he's gonna I don't think of all the guys mentioned Nyquist is a prior season trade. He'd be a, a deadline chip. Um, but at the same time, it's just going to be dependent on how he performs this year. I think that every chance he's going to, he's going to have every chance. He's still a top six guy on this team, not necessarily on a contender per se, but it's that one, that one's tricky for me because I like Nyquist, what he can provide, but he can, it's where is he going to fit in the long term of things? Cause Thing we haven't really talked about. He's still young. He's under thirty. And I'm a thing. It, he's, yeah. he still can't be if he's on the right on the right line. That's been shown hand yeah. time and time again. So I don't think I've given up on him. But he could also be like a Tatar for us this coming season, where he can provide value in a trade, um, probably more than an Anthony CU right now. 
when he came up, I thought he was going to be our version of Brad Marchand. Not not the agitating part, but like the actual hockey part, like where he was going to score goals and he was going to, you know, set a lot of people up. I thought he was going to be a first line player for sure. He, he can yeah. be. I think it just it depends on the situation. I also don't think that our current defensive situation helps anyone because absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yep. So I think that wraps it up for tonight, guys. I'm gonna let you take it out, Tyler. Uh, Greg, you want to throw your uh, Twitter handle up? Yeah, you can follow me at Bringing the Wing on Twitter. And Ryan, you at RD Ryan three three. You can follow me on Twitter at SealDog91. You can follow the Grindline podcast on Twitter at GrindlinePod. Uh, we thank you for listening. Everybody have a good night and stay classy, Hockey Town. Hopefully this summer heat doesn't get to you too much. <laughs>